tried and true, the DC United post-game podcast presented by Heineken. And while we don't have a game tonight, uh, we do have quite a show lined up for you all. Uh, Happy New Year, first of all, uh, to the rest of the team. I'm John Lee, but joined as always by Sam Kastner, Joshua Morgan, and Michael Black. And guys, welcome back. It's been a while, right? It has. Happy to be back. (laughs) Yeah, it's... uh, crazy we can finally put 2020 uh, behind us and I want to welcome in uh, our listeners tonight and hopefully we've got some new folks joining uh, as well as tonight's show as I mentioned is quite different we're we're typically live right after every game uh, you know back before the pandemic that was at Audi Field and hopefully we'll be again soon someday Um, and of course after all the games we go live and and break down what happened air the press conferences and, and and Talk to the fans about how they're feeling, uh, you know, about about the game. But tonight, we've got a collaboration between uh, the Scream Eagles and DC Scores as we look to raise money for DC Scores by auctioning off some awesome DC United gear, merchandise, opportunities uh, to hang with players. You can check all of that out at sedcs.givesmart.com. And we'll be mentioning that throughout the show. I'll go ahead and toss that into the YouTube uh, right now so you guys have that. But lots of great opportunities, and all of the money goes to support DC Scores. And coming up later, we're going to talk all about DC Scores, what they do. We'll give you the full rundown if you're not aware. And right at the top of the hour, DC United co-chairman and CEO Jason Levian is going to be joining the show uh, to talk all things DC United with us. So super excited about that. And uh, if you have questions for Jason, now's the time to get those in uh, in the YouTube chat or, of course, using the hashtag tried and true DC. Yeah, (laughs) that was a good good spiel, John. Yeah, (laughs) there is some big news in in, in DC United Atlanta that we've got to start with before we get in. Uh, Donovan Pines was called up today to the U.S. uh, youth national teams of the U23s to train down uh, in Florida and Paul Ariolo got the call up a couple weeks ago for the uh, want to say the, the full time the, the first team uh, men's national team and they're going to be training together so really exciting opportunity for Donovan and, and well deserved absolutely you know, but, go ahead you know, everyone training together and having potentially the opportunity to maybe make an appearance with the the, the, the full team you know that might be a little bit much to ask from a guy who's called in late but um, who knows? Maybe he um, knocks their socks off the way he's been impressing for us all season. Yeah, I feel like he can handle it. Um, yeah, it's great um, that he does have that opportunity. Um, I hope he's able, obviously, to make the most of it um, co- coming in a little late, like you said. But I don't really think it's going to be an issue for him. Well, and it's a great opportunity, too. I mean, definitely this, this time of year. And a little bit of uncertainty about when the MLS teams are going to get back out there. Uh, you know, on, on the pitch to train, just a, a great way for him uh, to spend some time with some great talent uh, across the country. It's mostly an MLS side, uh, the MLS squad rather, uh, that that's it. The the training for the U.S. men's national team right now, but still a great opportunity. And and I believe this is Donovan's. Is it his first call up with the youth national team, or has he had some experience there before? Uh, I I don't know if at, with the U23s, but he's definitely been a, a part of the system for a while. Uh, and it's been a little yeah. bit of a break, so it's good to see him play his way back into it. He had that injury too, though, so it yeah, was definitely. it was a little bit of a break from DC United too, um, especially when I know we we talked about this kind of throughout the season, um, but especially when you consider, you know, he 
spent some time at Loudoun. He might have continued to spend some time at Loudoun, um, but then because of COVID, they couldn't really do that flow back and forth. Um, he got so much first team, you know, experience just training in and out in the minutes that he got. Um, I'm, I'm sure that really helped him him prep for this. I, I don't know. It's so exciting to thinking about him, even like on the bench for the full team, right? That'd be awesome. You know, I can't be the only one who would love to see the the full list of players that they would like to call in. You know, obviously we see the ones that they call up, but they have the alternate setup. Like, you know, how deep does this list go? Are there 150 people on there that they're ready to go? Is it you know 15 each position? You know, maybe we'll eventually get a chance to talk to Bearholder. But I'm looking <laughs> forward to talking to Levian tonight and getting his uh, take on our team here locally. We've got endless macros on that sheet. It's like, where is the camp? What type of, what time of season is it? You know, that it like filters out players that live too far away or their clubs are in Europe or whatnot. But um, speaking of men's national team players in Europe, DeAndre Yedlin, big rumors right now that he could be coming back to MLS. And I, and I want to bring this up a little bit early tonight because SBI Soccer is reporting that it's a serious long-term guaranteed TAM offer from an Eastern Conference team. Um, so I, could DC United be in the market for DeAndre Yedlin? I, I think right back is definitely a position of need. Uh, we've seen a, a bit of a revolving door there uh, the, the past few seasons, and, and DeAndre's a huge talent. He's already run the, won the Supporter Shield in MLS, and then he moved over after that incredible World Cup in 2014. Uh, definitely on a level I, I, I'm just getting from you, John, that it would be a tan-level deal for, for the you know the, this extent of that contract that that's good value for money i think deandre just on athleticism alone is better than most players in the league yeah i was gonna say we could definitely use his speed in the back um we talked i think probably the last show we did maybe the show before that about the roster and what we need and our defense is not the fastest um especially if we do have Briant staying for another season um him and steven you know love them they work great together but they're not like really chasing anyone down <laughs> um so DeAndre could definitely kind of bring that to this team as well as obviously pushing forward. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to talk about this without also talking about the coaching situation, <laughs> which I know we'll get into in like just a couple minutes. Uh, but depending upon what style we play, it's presumably not going to be as, as defensive minded. Um, so Yedlin's speed could, could really be an asset to us. Yeah. And as the only person here who has the misfortune of watching a lot of Newcastle games, you know, he, he is often a bright spot on the field. It's a team that likes to defend a lot. Not altogether different from what DC United uh, tries to do. Uh, maybe he's a fit. You know, who knows? Uh, like you said, Sam, we're going to need to get into some other things to talk about coaching, too. But uh, definitely a, a piece that could play a big role if we were able to do that. Yeah, and one of the things that we pulled together here as a podcast, really, um, for our first episode in 2021 is our, our New Year's resolutions for the team. You know, it's kind of sticking in the holiday spirit. We're still in single-digit days of January, right? So we, I think we can still <laughs> get away with it. Uh, but we kind of broke it down into four categories, and you'll hear in our conversation with Jason Levian, which is coming up here in about 20 minutes or so, um, we're going to talk to him about some of these some of these main broader themes as well um but we'll kind of start and and each of us sort of took a lead on one of these and so i'll, I'll you'll probably hear me talk a little bit here at the beginning um uh, as, as i talk through some of the business ops way ahead um 2020 was just devastating on this front not only for dc united but you know across the world it was just a very difficult year 
for business, particularly in, in sports. And, you know, looking at DC United, they had a sports book scheduled to be opened last year um, with Caesars. They were doing some additional work to the stadium, uh, building out Heineken Hall, which was where we were supposed to be live for all of the games really last year. Uh, all of that kind of went by the wayside because of COVID-19. Um, and, and the team also had to part ways with some folks that were very instrumental in getting us off the ground. Andy Bush, James Clark, to name a couple. It, tight budget last year for, for DC United. It, the Athletic reported that the games played behind closed doors last year cost DC United somewhere around 40% of their annual revenue, which is devastating for bring in players for continuing to grow the club and there was a bit of a turning point in late October though uh, FanDuel was announced as the exclusive sports betting partner of DC United which was a bit surprising to me right because we had Caesars as the as the uh, you know sleeve sponsor uh, but it sounds like FanDuel is now going to operate the sports book hopefully sometime this year and um, perhaps most importantly in December, DC United appointed uh, Danita Johnson as president of business operations. And guys, I love this move. I'm so excited about what the club is doing here. I mean, having a, a black woman in a president role in DC is is so on brand. That that's what this city needs. It's it's representative of the city, and her resume is outstanding. Uh, I mean, yeah. she joins from LA, um, where she came from the Sparks in the WNBA. And to me, when you look at that, you know, L.A. is a tough city with endless teams, right? I mean, they got two of everything on the men's <laughs> professional level. The, the Sparks are probably not even, like, the fifth most popular basketball team in that city when you add in, like, <laughs> USC and UCLA, right? Yet she was able to get massive successes in, in community engagement, sponsorships, ticket sales increases, and, and that's the kind of experience I think DC United needs in this city where they're probably easily the fifth most popular men's team. Um, they're, they're behind the other four. And it's such an opportunity, though. It's a soccer-rich market. So many fans of the game. She's got a work cut out for her, but I, I, I think there's a lot of promise here. What are your guys' thoughts on, on bringing in Denise Johnson? I love how you um, brought up that she's – um, so representative of, of the city um, and of the team, you know, that position has been empty for quite a while, right? I think Jason was years. Yeah, filling in for it. Um, so it's really exciting to see someone who can really um, give that position their all. Obviously, she has the experience for it. Um, and yeah, just bringing in that diversity um, she, of just thought into the room, right? She, as a both a person of color and a female she's going to be able to see things a little bit differently she's going to be able to bring in that experience and I think she's going to really be able to connect with the city which is also also so important right when you're talking about how to get people from the city really energetic around the team um, so I'm thrilled I'm so excited for it yeah that, that's teach for me I, I love the experience in DC uh, and the resume is getting people in, the, in seats because I, I truly believe you know we're, we're all homers to this team once you get people in the stands, they're going to fall in love with it. It's just too much fun. Um, and that's been an area DC United has been lacking in. The stadium's been a little bit empty too often. Um, so I'm excited to see some changes there and welcome more people into the family. And didn't the athletic report that teams, um, their revenue can be up to 40% of like ticket sales? Yeah, that, DC um, United specifically. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, that's what I um, thought I remember. So that's 
so important, right? That bleeds into all these other things when you want to talk about bringing in the best coaches, um, bringing in the best players, you know, really having training facilities and a, a youth academy, you know, that all is helped by having more money, obviously. So if she can really grow the base and the number of people who are trying to get through the door and then who are presumably buying merch and, you know, paying for these extra experiences that DC United provides, I think, you know, this could be the start of a really positive upward trajectory for the team. Yeah, and, and one thing that's really important about Danita is that she's been in D.C. before. You know, she she worked for the Mystics. She led their ticket sales and service department, so she's she's not new to the area, which I think is another kind of leg up in, in understanding the demographics of the city, understanding, you know, the interests, and, and hopefully this is going to be just the start of something great, you know, here in terms of getting D.C. United back and more and more exposure in this area and recently our friends at black and red united reported that uh the peers that work is finally starting on the training facility out in loudon um which is really exciting it's something i plan to ask uh jason levian about here later on in the show but uh, one of the things i've talked a lot about on this podcast is dc united's invested a ton of money off the field we've all seen it with audi field which was no small feat for years it was difficult to get a stadium it cost a fortune but they got one they got it right downtown um, Segrafield and the launch of Loudoun United, and then you know this training facility. That there's a lot of investment going in the, into the team, and then of course Sam, as we've talked about, 40% of the revenue is gone last year. Yeah. Um, so looking at all of this, to me, you know, New Year's resolutions for for 2021 in in, in the arena of business operations, transparency, exposure, and, and growth. You know, how how much can the team be transparent about some of these challenges? You know, like, can we can we peel back the curtain a little bit and talk about when we think we're going to have the, the training facility done and and sort of why it's been delayed so much? Right. Like, I think it, there's pretty clear connecting the dots behind the scenes um, that there's money not coming in. But more transparency there, I think, just helps the whole fan base kind of understand what's going on. Um, Exposure, I think, is a huge opportunity, uh, especially with Denise Johnson coming in to build the brand even more, right? And, and whether that's, you know, I, I loved having games streamable this year, but I'd love it even more if they were on NBC4 or they were on Telemundo 44 in Spanish or they were on radio. So many opportunities there. And, and, and finally, growth, you know, the first two kind of bleed into that. You know, once getting fans back into the stands, I think there's just so many ways this team can grow. Um, in terms of fans, in terms of revenue coming in, and, and in terms of success on and off the field. Yeah, I yeah, think. absolutely. You you hit the nail on the head. You know, this is a team that you know has an opportunity to be a major player in the DC sports market. It's a cyber-rich area, and you know, too often you talk to people who don't understand that there's a team here, or when they play, or how I get tickets. You know, pretty basic things, and having somebody who's there focused on growing that business, growing that uh, presence in the, the DMV is, is going to be huge. And I think you're right on to, you know, spell out those resolutions of, you know, making it transparent, you know, growing exposure and growing the footprint overall. You want to move on to the the next topic here, which Michael, I think was, was yours primarily in terms of got to hire a coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, a little surprising that we're still talking about, you know, the, the coaching search here in January. Uh, this is not a, a new need for the team. Uh, ben Olsen, you can't talk about the DC United uh, coaching landscape without mentioning Ben. He's had 
had been the coach of the team for, you know, basically the last decade. And, you know, until October, he had been on the field or on the sideline in some capacity for every game since the 90s. It's an unbelievable to see he's gone. But, you know, as we all saw, the way the team played the season, uh, it was time for the team to move on. Uh, ben was fired on October 6th. They lost back-to-back games by four goals and were sitting in last place. Pat Ashton finished out the season. I had a fairly solid finish. Uh, changed the way they played a little bit. Team went 3-3-1. and one. Uh, And I think all of us kind of expected that you know, the team would uh, be moving on the coaching search. And we've certainly seen reports that they've talked to folks. They've you know gone back and forth. They've, they're certainly not procrastinating. But at this point, we still don't have a coach. And we're now three months away from uh, Ben Olsen's firing. So looking forward, we need to have a coach. That's one of the things when you talk about bringing in uh, players or making on-field product something that people want to come watch. A lot of that depends on the coaching. A lot of that depends on the playing style that you're playing and really a, a leadership position for this organization. Um, we saw reports this week from the Washington Post. Steve Goff said you know, Gonzalo Pineda was offered the job, but that negotiations broke down. Uh, not, no specifics on whether it was uh, control issues or spending or w- what was going on, just that they had you know, been discussions and that, that wouldn't work. Uh, Gonzalo Pineda, of course, is a assistant in Seattle where they've had a whole lot of success over the last few years. And frankly, it's disappointing because this is the, the second coach that they've had break down. Uh, no, 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 so we're terribly excited about the idea of Chris Armour's coming to D.C. I think we're more disappointed about talks breaking down with, uh, <laughs> with Pineda as opposed to Armis. But, yeah, it, it does raise some questions there about – what is the team looking for in a coach? Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've seen a number of names thrown out there. Names like Joe Wallace, uh, names like Ezra Henderson from uh, Columbus, uh, guys like Rodolfo Burrell from Man City, Pat Noonan at Philadelphia, even Chad Ashton, I assume, was part of the process and they've talked to. Uh, the reporting, like Goff said, was that they're looking at some European targets. But we, we've talked about it ad nauseum because it's been a few months but one of the news resolutions for the team has to be to hire a coach uh, i think all of us would like to see them dream big with what they can do uh, and really define that playing style for the team moving forward uh, who knows if this is a coach that you can have for 10 years like you've had ben olsen uh, you know if we're lucky we'll have a team that's successful enough to you know be in a position like that but either way you need to define what this team wants to be whether it's it's the gritty Ben Olsen style that they've been playing for years. You have to have a coach at the top, and you have to have an uh, idea of how players that you bring in fit into that. So my resolution is hire a Dan coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's obviously frustrating, um, and we will definitely be asking Jason about um, this process and what he can tell us. But my patience is waning a little bit but I was definitely kind of in a, I think maybe a minority camp of like I'd prefer the team to take their time and really get this higher right um and s- start moving forward now as opposed to kind of just hiring somebody as a quick fix see what they do and then having to be in the position of hiring another coach in a year or two um that again is is getting harder and harder now that we're you know coming down in the wire to the wire of you know having draft picks um needing to make other signings if we're gonna want to utilize this window for the team um you know it 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 
is unfortunate that we did offer the job and it was turned down. Um, I, I wonder, I haven't seen if there's any kind of news on who the, the backup is. Um, this is just me speculating, but I wouldn't really be surprised um, if it was and Ezra Hendrickson, um, just because he also kind of has that DC background, right? Didn't he? He was in DC for a little while um, earlier in his career. So I don't know. I, I hope it happens soon. You know, hopefully Jason can tell us to just look forward to the next week and we're going to get an announcement, right? But um, maybe he'll announce the head coach on the. Probably not. <laughs> John, you'd pass but, out. But it, always, <laughs> it feels to me a little bit like buying real estate almost. Like, yeah. You know, there's there's good options out there, but if you wait too long, then they're gone. But there's new options popping up every day with with you know coaches yeah. getting fired and, and becoming available. And so, you know, with some of the international coaches that are now available that that weren't back in November, you almost wonder is the fact that they've missed out on a few guys is that going to end up being a blessing in disguise in the long run? Yeah. Or you know, but also. I don't even think we had a chance to talk to Greg Vanny. You know, he went so quick from Toronto to LA. So it's interesting. Speaking of Toronto, is, is Ben still rumored? It was Toronto and then Sheffield Wednesday, right? Um, <laughs> I haven't seen Probably any of those new rumors. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously Ben Olsen, you know, ended probably on on worse terms than one would have hoped but he's always I think gonna have a special place in every DC United fan's heart so it it would be exciting to cheer him on for another team it would be very interesting um to cheer him on for Toronto pretty early on it was funny to think about like if he and Vanny kind of just swapped and to see like what they would have done with each other's teams um obviously that's not happening but yeah I, I do hope we get to root for Ben hopefully not against DC United yeah, I, I like the point you you bring up, John, about the, the you know new people are are <laughs> their job status is opening up and, and some big names out there, um, uh, some names that DC United was linked to way back uh, before they were as successful as they are now. Um, but but one thing we're missing is that the, the super draft is in less than two weeks. Uh, th this is the time of year the transfer windows you know about to open. We we need to start making moves for players, and, and that kind of leads into what. My resolution is about, I want to talk about you know, the roster building and the transfers in and out. 2020 was a big year for DC United, uh, transformative. Uh, you know, in 2019, at the end, we lost Lucho and, and Wayne Rooney, uh, two cornerstones of this team, I think, for, for the you know, two or three years that they were here together. Um, and that was a big deal. We had to find where our goals were going to come from. Uh, DC United opened up the transfer window of, uh, busted through it with a the, the record signing for them five million dollars for edison flores uh it was a great look i'd love for them to be breaking the transfer fee every single window but it's probably not realistic but kind of a theme that i i want to go over here is that last year was very good for, for the roster i think from you know the end of 2019 to what it was in 2020 um uh, but it, it can't be a one-time thing so so maybe not we're, we're not breaking the transfer fee every single window but uh, you know, maybe a, a year or so, we're, we're always around that $5 million mark getting those big players in. We also brought in uh, Julian Gressel from Atlanta with, what, $750,000 of TAM. Uh, that's a big move from a proven player in MLS. you, you got to love to see it. This is kind of Casper's alley. He's used to dealing with a little bit less scam in town, but uh, uh, it's a great value for this, you know, for the, for the monopoly money that we paid for him. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he had two goals and three assists 
and, and a little bit over 1,500 minutes for DCU this year. Um, we signed two homegrown players, and it kind of feels weird to say that we signed them last year, uh, considering like how near and dear to our hearts, Kevin Paredes and Moses Nyman, uh, who appear to be two future stars for this team. Uh, I, I love that DC United was able to get them last year. I, I look forward to, to you know continuing that effort, and, and it seems like a pipeline is full uh, with players like that. Uh, MLS veterans we brought back, uh, you know, like I said, this is Casper's MO, Assad, Iguayen, Abu, Jordi Reyna, all brought in. Uh, it's good to know that those guys can compete at this level. So I, I appreciate that about Casper. And, you know, a lot of times we talk, we complain about, you know, these are just rejects from other teams, but <laughs> those guys have some decent value. They're, they're good players and we know they can perform at this level. So it was good to bring them in. And then we also had some flyers on some, some foreign guys. Um, Sorga comes to mind. Uh, Rivas was another good flyer. And, and I think, you know, we got a decent result from, from the money we spent. I mean, Rivas was a free transfer and Sorga didn't cost that much, despite you know being the Estonian Messi. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I so out of plenty, plenty of time to meet that that high water. Yeah, pressure. yeah, he's he's only <laughs> what twenty one, maybe twenty two now. But uh, of that, so I, I just kind of wanted to break down what happened for DCU in 2020. Ten of the twenty four goals scored, and ten of the sixteen assists came from players acquired that season that, that's an insane amount of numbers it's understandable considering what we lost but uh, if, if we can continue to build on that if we can bring in players that can contribute at that level you're starting to build an mls cup caliber team uh so my resolution is is just continue this trajectory like i said don't don't drop off don't do it every few years when the roster is you know really needs to be refreshed or you lose all your major talent just continue to add you know a little bit of homegrown players a little bit of mls veteran a little bit of dp like you know, the, the like attention grabbers. I, I think this, this roster would be in a really good spot. We do still have that one DP spot open. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, th I think you're so right there in terms of just how do you grow, uh, you know, a, a, a year in year out competitor, right. That comes from younger players that comes from developing in house. And obviously homegrowns are, are, are leading this team now and, you know, moving into, you know, where, where do you get the younger players? I, I think that's that's spot on, Joshua. Yeah, I agree. Um, who was, did you mention, who did we just sign? Sorry, I don't know if that's in the notes. I just closed them. Uh, we signed a, a third string goalkeeper from Columbus Crew. I, not not one of the. Okay, for some not, reason I thought we signed a, like a forward. You're talking from about Jacob Green. Oh, we. Signing? We we had a Jacob Green the homegrown side and then okay, we had yeah, yeah, Perez Perez from LAFC who played indoor soccer. Um, more Casper moves uh, with the, the Perez guy, but yeah, you know we'll see that we have Loudon hopefully for these guys to mature in and you know just I really like the trajectory the roster went in last year. Hopefully we can continue. Yeah, and you know we we talked about that during our end of season wrap up show. We weren't tossing the team wholesale like you know when you look at a lot of the positions and it was mostly a question of getting more out of the guys that we had there have been years that you look at the, the team after the season and say we can start from scratch that's not the case here uh, so I, I agree with you uh joshua Let, let's see this team continue on that trajectory continue uh in the right direction and build towards something better than what we saw this year yeah um as a group i 
I don't think we agree that maybe that's Ozil. Um, I think that that's a little bit. I feel like we have to mention it, right? Like that blew up a couple days ago. And I think that a lot of the, the reporters um, were, were a, a little bit unimpressed. Um, they seem to kind of be the same rumors that were flying around last year. Um, if Arsenal are willing to pay his wages, Sam, I'll take it. <laughs> but I don't want to break the bank on Mesut Ozil. He's too old. No, we're just going to pay. Cents. We're going to pay, you know, Mesut Ozil the barista all the salary. Like keep the books DC United's roster clean. Like he'll be making minimum salary there, and then we'll be fine, right? Okay. Yes. Thank you. Also, um, to D Gomez, um, who's reminding us that we also signed um, Adrian Perez from LAFC, yeah. and that's who I was thinking of. Um, we signed him. I think in the reentry, right? He's an indoor soccer guy. I was talking about. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I don't know what you thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll be like Iose Perez, and then Michael <laughs> and I like him, obviously. <laughs> and then we'll sell him on to Europe, and it'll be great. <laughs> I'm all for the sell-on fees. <laughs> So we've got one more uh, resolution, and Sam, you want to you want to go ahead and kick it off here, and then uh, we're expecting Jason Levy to join us here any moment, and of course we'll we'll break at that point, or do we want to roll into some DC scores? What do you guys think? Um, Audible and on the fly. <laughs> um, I can go ahead and get started. Um, what I'm what I'm first gonna kind of pump up though, um, so we don't get too much into it, um, is again that we're doing this show, and please cut me off whenever. Um, we need we need to throw it to the video, but we are doing this show in partnership with Scream Eagles and DC Scores to raise some money for DC Scores. Uh, we've got a whole video kind of talking about what DC Scores is. Um, it'll kind of explain it to you, but basically they just work throughout DC. Um, I want to say it's around 3,000 students that they work with. Um, and they kind of take those kids and they teach them soccer out on the field. Every team has a coach, um, but then every team also has a poetry instructor. Um, so the kids are kind of learning how to express themselves both on the field and off the field. Um, it's really amazing work. Um, one of my friends is a coach and she absolutely loves her teams. Um, I've done volunteering for some of their um, more fundraiser type events, um, but also I've gone to some of their poetry slams and you know, watching these kids they're so enthusiastic um, and they're so great at poetry. Like I, I would never be able to kind of write um, the things that they do. And we actually will be showing one student, Tyrese, um, do one of his uh, works of poetry uh, after the interview with Jason. Um, but the, kind of the whole point of today's show is to raise money for them so they can keep going. Um, obviously, you know, like everyone else, they're facing challenges uh, with the pandemic, um, but you can go to SED cs.givesmart.com um, and there are some really fun auction items up um, and they are all still pretty cheap so really get in on it now <laughs> um, you've got a, you know a whole day left um, but really make sure that you take advantage of that because there are actually a lot of um, opportunities to interact with some of the players which is really special yeah, I'm not going to bid on anything till tomorrow I'm going to give you guys all an opportunity to kind of get in there and, and, and rack <laughs> them up right and then I probably had to bring a couple of these home tomorrow. There's some, there's some cool stuff on there. I've, I've checked it out, and, and I'm really excited about, uh, you know, well, I don't want to spoil it. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> it looks like Jason was just in the Zoom call and, and dropped for a second. I was about ready to throw it to him, and he's gone. So, Sam, let's go ahead and keep pressing, and as soon as he's here, I'll catch up. Okay. Yeah, I thought I saw you um, motion to me. But, yeah, we can, <laughs> we can uh, keep going. Um, obviously, you know, just to touch again on DC scores, um, Scream Eagles has actually been able to bring a lot of the student athletes into the stadium. 
um, I want to say it's section 338, so it's, it's right kind of a little sliver um, on the end of the supporter section. Um, but the students are able to come watch DC United games also. And, you know, they have their, their DC flags that they're waving around and they're joining in the chants and everything like that. So they really appreciate the opportunity um, to come and see DC United play, right? I know that they've done um, kind of tournaments with DC United players or um, tournaments kind of like on Audi Field. I'm pretty sure they've played games there. Um, but it's just a, a great organization um, that I hope you all are able if you can to bid on some of the items um, if not you know even just a small donation goes a long way um, but that's you know obviously kind of the the biggest um, when I personally think about community outreach um, with DC United I, I think about DC scores um, and that's kind of our fourth resolution um, is obviously you know everything to, to keep the team going and to have more successful seasons is really important um, but they're also is you know this call for outreach within the community and dc scores is a great place to start um, and dc united does do a lot of other um, really great things as well um, so from their website dc united are committed to making impact uh, making hey, positive sam i hate to cut you off okay. but uh, it looks like jason's <laughs> here so let's go ahead and throw it to a dc scores overview video and we'll hear about the first item that's up for auction and when we come back uh, we'll have jason levy on the show Hey, tried and true fam. My name is Tony Francavilla, and I'm the Chief Development Officer at DC Scores. It's not off to a great start, but I'm really hoping the new year turns out a lot better than the last. We missed a lot in 2020, um, but high on that list is how much we miss being in Section 138 at Audi Field with you all. We all had a hell of a 2020, and for our poet athletes whose communities have been disproportionately affected by the pandemic, and really to process all the year to throw at them, you know, stuck at home without their friends, their teammates, their routines, um, it was a lot worse. Um, throughout the year, our number one goal was to keep our kids feeling safe, supported, connected, and hopeful. Many of you helped us do that by joining us at Audi Field uh, to pack and mail thousands of kits with jerseys, balls, pumps, cones, masks, writing journals, really everything that our kids needed to be able to participate in DC scores from home. Um, and in all, we put on nearly 2000 virtual poetry and soccer workshops for about 2,700 poet athletes. And while it might not have looked like DC scores, uh, we really did a lot to make it feel like DC scores. The key to making that happen, as always, is our incredible coaches, uh, most of whom are teachers at the schools they coach at. So also real uh, distance learning heroes of the pandemic. So to close, I'm going to shut up and pass it over to a few of them to tell you in their own words what having DC scores during 2020 meant to them. Um, so big ups to Tried and True, to Screaming Eagles, to DC United. Uh, Happy New Year and really, 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 really hope to see uh, all of you at Audi Field sometime soon. Thanks. Take care. Hello everyone, my name is John Guzman and I've been a DC Scores coach at Bancroft Elementary School for the past 14 years. I also participated in DC Scores when I was a student at Bancroft. Hello everyone, my name is Liana Ponce and I'm for seven years and at Brightwood Education Campus for the past two years. Hello everyone, uh, my name is Andrew Edgehill. Um, I'm a DC Scores coach at Jefferson Academy, um, just down the street from Audi Field. Uh, I've been here for the past three years um, and previously I was a coach 
um, at Thomas Elementary School for uh, for three years. Hello everyone, my name is Marjan Derry. I am the current DC Youth Poet Laureate. I've worked with DC Scores for a while as a poetry specialist, and this season I've been able to contribute as a poetry co coach at Bancroft Elementary School and Capital City Public Charter School. Scores has always been the best part of my week. As a teacher at the school, I have the benefit of seeing the impact of D that DC Scores has on our kids and the entire school beyond just the time that we're together each afternoon. I've seen natural athletes mortified by public speaking, taking the slam stage and nailing a poetry solo. I've seen budding artists and poets find their feet and score their first goal in a soccer game. Behind it all is an entire team that has their back. For the schools, it's culture shifting. But for poet athletes, it's life changing. Of course, we haven't been in the school for the past seven months. Imagine for a moment a young poet athlete stuck at home as two pandemics, COVID-19 and racial injustice, are battering their community more than any other. Now take away the teammates, the coaches, and the routines they would normally depend on in tough times. It's a scary situation. But DC Scores never stopped supporting me or our team. This year programming hasn't looked like DC Scores, but it's certainly felt like it. Our kids are still playing and they are still writing. Teaching artists like myself and staff have logged on with us to help kids take what they are feeling and pour it onto the page and when they want to, speak it into the world. In the toughest collective year on memory, our kids feel safe, supported, connected, and hopeful through these times. That's something I've come to expect from BC Scores, but it's never something I've appreciated as much as I do now. I can't say what 2021 will bring us, but as a coach, I know that I need DC Scores to be a part of it. What's up, DC fam? Griffin Yao here. Wanted to wish you guys a happy new year, happy holiday. Uh, I've been working hard this off season, spending a ton of time with family, and uh, yeah, just really enjoying the holidays. I've been playing a little bit of FIFA too, but uh, most importantly, I miss you guys. I miss the season, and uh, I can't wait to have you guys back out in the stands. Uh, but I think uh, good luck to whoever has to play me this time in FIFA because, like I said, I've been improving, so I'll be looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. All right, that was a great video from the guys at DC Scores. Um, thanks so much for putting that together for us. Um, and again, that uh, website, you just saw it up on your screen, but it is sedcs.givesmart.com. Um, so head over there. You just saw what, what Griffin has for you, um, and there are a lot of other great items as well. Yeah, thanks, Sam. And guys, it's a distinct pleasure to welcome to the show DC United's co-chairman and CEO, Jason Levian. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for, for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and, and uh, it's a really a, a privilege and a pleasure to be here. So thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you, and, and thanks for helping, obviously, to support DC Scores tonight. It's uh, obviously an important charity to the supporters groups, but, but to the team as well. Yeah, listen, it's an incredible organization. Um, and uh, Bethany and their whole team do such an amazing job, and we're, we're honored to, to partner with them. Um, and this has been a really unique and challenging year for in, you know in a lot of ways, um, and, and in terms of you know, having the right kind of impact. So uh, we're, we're really lucky and, and happy to, to support them in any way we can. Yeah, no, that's it's so exciting. And Jason, just to kind of jump right into it, I, look, 2020 was obviously a, a very challenging year for for everyone, and and that was the case with DC United as well but first of all how, how are you and your family holding up as we proceed through this these unprecedented uh, times? oh thank you I'm sta staying safe um you know I I uh 
chomping at the bit for for you know Audi Field to be rocking and rolling again. Um, but but fortunately, uh, you know, I've been healthy, and uh, you know, we're just just excited for 2021 to kick in and uh, for good things to happen. It's been, it's been an eventful 2021 uh, here in DC. Uh, I can t- obviously so far already, but but uh, hopefully there'll be a lot of positive things happening as the year progresses. Yeah. Um, so kind of staying in 2020, just for a second, um, when you look back on the year, um, what were some of your favorite moments that stick out? It wasn't all bad. Uh, you know, there, there were some good moments. Um, I would say my two favorite moments. Um, one was the assist that Kevin Paredes had against Atlanta United in stoppage time um, at their place. Um, that was pretty sweet. He fed Gil- Gilman Rivas for his first goal. But what Paredes showed there was really impressive talent. I think that sort of epitomized the excitement level that many of us have around some of the young players on the team and, and their growth and maturity. And so, you know, one of the silver linings in, in the kind of season we had uh, was that players like Kevin and Griffin Yao and Donovan Hines and Moses Nyman, uh, you know, had an opportunity to play critical, important minutes and, and get better. So I'd say that was one moment. Uh, my other moment was Paul Ariola coming back, getting on the field against Montreal, you know, watching the work that he put in uh, to get healthy, to want to be a part of our team and, and uh, make a contribution in 2020 was inspiring. Um, and I was uh, probably the only fan at that game at Audi Field. Um, and I was screaming my lungs out when he, he entered the game just because I was so uh, just excited for him and inspired by what his, his uh, rehabilitation and ability to come in and join us. Yeah, that's awesome. We we love that moment, Jason. I, I'm Joshua Morgan. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, now that we're moving into 2021, uh, how would you assess the state of the club? What what are your feelings about the club going into the year? Well, we've got a chip on our shoulder. I think we're a little bit angry and, and hungry um, after what happened in 2020. Um, I think it's it's a great opportunity for us to um, sort of refocus uh, on our goals and and reshape the team. Uh, we think we've got some some young, exciting pieces and some more experienced pieces that are really talented. Uh, you know, we've got a huge focus right now on getting our on-field leader as our next head coach. Um, so it's, I would say, it's a very exciting time, um, and there's huge opportunities, and we want to make sure we make smart decisions because, uh, you know, 2020 was a challenging year for the world, uh, but for DC United specifically, it's it, you know, it left a bitter taste in our mouth the way things went down and we didn't we didn't, we didn't you know it was a stop and start season um but we we still you know no excuses we should have played much better and uh you know we've got to we've got to do a better job moving forward and, and we're focused on doing it. yeah absolutely uh jason this is michael black you know there's no dispute that 2020 was a, a tough year for everybody uh, but we had a moving into 2021 what are you looking forward to most in 2021 is it fans back in the stands? Is it getting a new coach in place? Uh, what What are you most excited about uh, for a moment this season? Well, you know, it's been it's, it's been almost a year since we've had fans in the stands. Um, and uh, that's going to be an awesome moment. You know, when we've got our supporters section cranking and our buildings sold out and everyone feeling comfortable and healthy and together. Um, so I, I, I don't think anything's going to top that. But, you know, very close to that is going to be seeing our team perform 
and get back into the, to, to the forefront of MLS and to playing an exciting style of football, uh, soccer, and, uh, you know, just, just starting to play a lot better and, and starting to win more. I think, you know, we had a little bit of success late in the season, the last month or so. Um, you know, I think the team started playing better um, and coming together a little bit more. Um, but seeing more of that in 2021 is going to be great. But the first step is is having our fans at Audi Field and our supporters and, and all of us really being united together. Because that's, that's after what this year has been, uh, I don't think anything's going to be able to top that. You know, it's probably good for Penn too in some ways because it's a, it's a grind, you know, and, and, and being a coach for that long, for a decade, uh, for, for any team, it, it, it can wear on you. And um, I think that Ben's going to go on and do great stuff. I think he's, he's already, um, you know, advising us on, on soccer-related decisions, in, including, um, you know, weighing in on, on our managerial uh, selection process. Um, we we want to get him more involved as we build out the training facility because his perspective, having been with the team for so long, so, you know, a couple of decades as a player and a, and a coach, um, you know, we're building our training facility now and his perspective on how that's going to work best and how to structure that is important. Uh, there's a key design element component to that as well. Um, so I'm really, you know, as hard as that decision was, first of all, he's such a classy professional that, you know, he handled it with grace um, just as I expected he would. Um, and, and, and also with a little bit of frustration because he's a fighter and he, you know, I know he, he wanted to go out uh, in a different way as the manager of the team. Um, but, you know, I think, I think overall, I think Ben's going to play an important role. We're still sort of working through the elements of that role. Um, and, and that's going to take some time. And over the course of the year, we're going to do that. Yeah. Jason, all DC United fans are, are on the edge of their seat. Uh, you know, staying tuned to, tuned to all the rumors and reports about uh, the next head coach at DC United. Uh, what can, can you tell us what you're looking forward uh, looking for in that decision? You know, I, the process has been a long one, and I apologize if if, if some fans are restless about it. Um, but you know, we really want to make the right selection. And Dave Casper and Stuart Mayers um, have taken the lead on that decision. Myself, my partner Steve Kaplan have been very involved. Sam Porter's been involved. Uh, we've gotten Ben Olson involved. Um, and we, we've done a lot of work, uh, trying to figure out, um, you know, exactly how we, what, how we want to play, what our style of play is going to be, um, what that philosophy is going to be that's going to lead us, um, and, and who our field general as a coach is going to be. And so, uh, you know, I would say that Dave has probably talked to 25 to 30 candidates. He's vetted that down, um, for, for us. Um, and we've had meetings with, a handful of candidates already. Um, they've presented their ideas about our team. It's been really interesting to hear, um, you know, their thoughts uh, after they prepare on our team, on some of our young players, some of our veteran players, um, you know, how they would, would go about leading this team, um, what pieces they think we need to add to the roster in order to be successful. Um, you know, all of that has been, uh, you know, quite a, uh, a positive process, I would say. Uh That's great. Thanks so much for um, shedding some light on that process. Um, kind of looking at the other on the field aspect is the players, um, right? So as you mentioned, you know, we were equally, you know, just so overjoyed to see Paul Ariola return onto the field. Um, and we're hoping to see some breakout 
seasons from uh, Flores and Gressel. Hopefully they're really, um, you know, able to, to really find their rhythm on the field. Um, so what are your aspirations for 2020 with regard to players? Well, I think, you know, I think my, our aspirations with regard to players are getting the right mix, the right chemistry. I think, listen, I think that there was a big vacuum left with the departure of Wayne and Lucho uh, in 2020. And we, we certainly made an investment in, you know, Paul Ariel and um, Edison Flores and uh, Julian Gressel uh, to try to fill, to change sort of the narrative on our team. Um, and I think that this year, our hope and expectation is that we, ha- we can sort of build the right mix of veteran players with, and our young and up and coming players. Um, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, Kevin Paredes, Griffin Yao, Moses Nyman, Donovan Pines in particular, um, we're excited about uh, some of the, the players coming through Loudon as well. Um, but I think those guys got an opportunity to play more uh, this season um, and, and, and get more experience and, and be more ready for, for the 2021 year. So um, I think getting the right mix, getting our guys healthy. I mean, we obviously had the most injuries of any team, I think, in MLS uh, this year. So I think the, the hope is that we get our guys healthy um, and focused and we have the right balance of veteran leadership, uh, players with international experience, guys like Edison Flores and Paul and, uh, you know, Bill Hamid um, and also the young players and, and getting them a chance to sort of step up and do more. So that, that you know, I don't think we're that far away with, with that group, but certainly adding to that group is something we're spending a lot of time on uh, positionally. Uh, you know, what do we need to be successful um, and really be at the upper echelon of, of the Eastern Conference of Major League Soccer. And it's getting harder and harder. It's getting more competitive. Um, teams are, are, are getting better and they're, 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 they're getting smarter. So, uh, you know, we've got to be really cognizant of that. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're huge fans of the, the squad that y'all have put together so far and, you know, looking forward to continuing to see growth there. You know, you talked a little bit about you know, the moves that you've made so far in the offseason. Uh, are you expecting to make any other additions as we kind of move closer to the season? You know, we've got an open DP spot if you want to fill it. Yeah, no, I think we're looking hard at that and the right time to do that. And I think that, um, you know, we – as I mentioned, we want to get the right balance of experience and young up and coming talent. Um, I think that the team certainly needs additions. Uh, we added a goalkeeper, you know, in the last couple of days, um, but we, we think we're going to add more um, to the roster. And so um, I think it'll be a busy, busy upcoming period for us in terms of doing that. Um, you know, we didn't score enough goals last year um, and we certainly gave too many away, um, but we've got, we've got to figure out, um, you know, what's, what's, what's going to be our style of play and our approach to the season with this group of players. And we certainly w- want to have uh, a coach weigh in on that with us. Um, you know, we're, we're having Ben be, be our coach for more than a decade. Um, you know, we'd like to start another run of, of getting a, the right coach in here um, and, and, and having them, you know, be a big part of the discussion process of, you know, roster, roster moves moving forward. Oh, that that would be awesome if we could get somebody in here for another you know ten year run like like Ben had. But you know, shifting gears a little bit to, to off the field, uh, Jason, you guys made a really exciting announcement in December when you announced the hiring of Danita Johnson as the club's president of business operations. Um, I talked 
quite a bit about it earlier on the show about how excited I am, but what can you tell us about Danita and, and kind of the vision for her role going forward? First of all, I think she, we're so thrilled that she's joining us. Um, I think she's an outstanding uh, leader. Um, you know, we spent a, quite a bit of time through that process. That process began in earnest in, in probably early June. Um, and we, we, we talked to a lot of candidates and Danita stood out um, because of several factors. One is her, you know, in her, her tenure, she's still relatively young, but in her tenure in leadership, uh, she had a great support. Um, and she's excited about being in a different sport. She's hers. Um, and I, I think that she is really excited about uh, soccer and major league soccer and taking on this new role uh, in Washington. So um, we can't wait for her to get started. It's going to be a few weeks from now. She's going to get on board. And I think uh, that you guys and, and, and our supporters are going to love her. They're going to embrace her. And she, I know she's going to embrace you guys. And I think that we're going to have a very positive experience of our business. Yeah, we definitely look forward to, to you know more fan engagement and, and building that kind of culture here in the club. Uh, something that was announced during the season, uh, the partnership with FanDuel, uh, seems very exciting for DC United fans. Can you tell us what what that partnership is about and what what fans should expect from it? Oh, I couldn't hear that. The partnership with uh, FanDuel. With FanDuel. Oh, FanDuel. Oh, great. Yeah. So, listen. You know, we spent a lot of time, money, and resources on our stadium and our fans didn't really get to see it. Our supporters didn't get to see it all. I know we did the supporter section with, with safe standing um, going on, whatever's happening in the sports world, you can come down there you can have a great meal. You can hang out with your friends. You can place a bet um, and, and be part of that. And, and, and so that's, that's what we're going for with FanDuel. Um, and, and like, like I said, I think they're a top notch operator in the business uh, of sports betting. That, that's, it's really uh, taken on a big life in the United States now. Um, and we want to be a big part of that opportunity at Howie Field. Yeah, that's great. Um, we love taking advantage of the stadium as much as we could, um, obviously before COVID, but even, you know, being able to ho host our post-game show live there was super exciting for us. And, you know, I'm sure you'll find us there every day of the week, practically, um, if given the opportunity. Um, so switching gears a little bit again, um, we were thrilled to have all of the team's games streamed locally um, for free at the last part of the season. And of course, a big part of that is having Dave, Devin and Claudia, um, you know, announcing the games and on the sideline. Can you give us any insight into the team's broadcasting plans for 2021 and beyond? Well, we, we, we really hope and expect those three are back. Um, I think they do an outstanding job. Um, you know, Dave and Devin have been a really good team and Claudia has been terrific. Um, and, you know, her ability to, to be in the action and, you know, speak to the players, um, I think is really, really positive um, and brings a lot of insight. And I think, you know, Dave is the gold standard and really part of our family um, since the beginning. And Devin is a player and now in his role um, as a commentator, I think he does a great job. He really knows our team and loves our team, but provides unique insights. So, uh, you know, in now, uh, what our strategy is for, for streaming all our matches. Um, you know, we, we haven't made a final decision. We're going to bring Danita into that decision uh, with us now, um, but we've got a whole team working on it. Last year was tricky. We had to stop the season early, um, uh, but I think they do an outstanding job. Ryan Martin is our coach out there, um, and I think he did a great job through a lot of adversity this season. Um, Ian, and one of the things we had that was a challenge is that 
we young players transition back and forth between Loudoun and D.C. Um, so that we can give them more game time. And we did that in 2019. Guys like Griffin Yao and Kevin Paredes, you know, even Donovan Pines got minutes for Loudoun and then moved to D.C. to play with D.C. United. We, because of the COVID restrictions, we weren't able to do that this year. Um, I think that, though, the guys who did play, uh, we saw some really good talent. Um, there are a couple of players that obviously we're very excited about. Uh, Josh Green has now been signed. Um, and he was playing with Loudoun United last year. Um, we've got a couple of other young players um, that I think have a chance to be really good that we're excited to watch. Um, we're ex- you know, we were able to have some fans in, our, in Segra Field uh, at Loudoun, but not enough. Um, and hopefully that, that'll, that'll grow uh, you know, as health restrictions are lifted and things are safer. Um, that's a huge opportunity for us from a competitive advantage standpoint in terms of developing talent um, and, and uh, giving that talent experience to play. So Segerfield, uh, we're building our training facility right now. We've already gone vertical on that. We're going vertical on that now. Um, that should be ready this summer. Uh, we've got four training pitches that will go around the training facility out there. It's a 30,000-square-foot venue. Um, so um, those are some of the things out there. Certainly, we're going to have Loud United training uh, with the locker room. We're going to have D.C. United out there. Uh, we're going to uh, host this Washington Spirit. The Spurs will be playing all their matches between Segra and, and Audi and using the training facility um, in Loudoun. So a lot of exciting things happening out there. Again, um, I don't know if you mentioned this, but Old Glory, the rugby team, will be playing their matches at Segra. Um, but from a soccer standpoint, you know, getting young talent into Loudoun, um, you know, persuading young players, even at the academy level, play professionally or against professionals um, and, and grow their skill set. Um, is, is important, and it's, it's a key uh, competitive advantage driver for us. Great. We were going to ask you about the training facility, so we appreciate you uh, kind of beating us to the punch. Um, I get I get too enthusiastic. <laughs> no, we love it. We're enthusiastic, too. Um, you know, we, we made it down to Loudoun um, for one or two games. We're super excited to see more of those, and like you said, even um, having easier access to the spirit um, as D.C. residents, being able to watch them both um, at Audi and over in Segres going to be really exciting for us um but dc and loudon aren't the only clubs that you have ownership in um you're also one of the owners at swansea city in wales um so can you talk about just the difference between kind of and swansea um in different ways um it's it's easier for me in some ways in dc to be more hands-on because i'm here and um and and our challenge is you know when i got involved in dc united it was 2012 um and you know, the biggest, the biggest opportunity we saw was to find a new home for the team to play. Uh, you know, we walked into RFK, we said, oh my goodness, uh, if we could find a venue in downtown, uh, in the city, in, a, in a, an upcoming exciting neighborhood, uh, we could bring the team in the city and light it up. Um, and, uh, you know, it took us a while to, and, and I learned a lot from that experience. In Swansea, we came in and there, they had a stadium uh, the Liberty that was built. Um, and uh, the challenges there were, were you know, they had had a, a somewhat of an aging roster. They were in the Premier League um, and they needed to add to that roster uh, and, you know, affects the bottom line. Uh, but we're in this for the long haul um, and we're, we're really trying to build something um, that is strong and self-sustaining um, and, and produces a successful outcome. We want to win this for MLS Cups and, uh, 
for celebrating those 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 victories and those trophies and we haven't had nearly enough of it um and for me i've taken a long-term view since 2012 we've gotten one trophy the u.s open cup um but but now we're hungry for a lot is to build through a combination of young players veterans established players and and putting the right mix out on the pitch uh to be successful and and you know we've got a long-term view on that great thank you for that Podcast. They'd like to know: Are there any other MLS clubs that you're interested in trying to emulate? Uh, so you know, the answer to your question is yes. I think we you know we want to emulate what's what's going on also in Seattle and Portland, uh, certainly with their fan bases, with their 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 success over. And he was telling me how you know when he thinks of 2020 and what a challenging year it was. He said playing without our fans at Audi Field was, you know. He, he made it sound like it was certainly like the twilight zone. It was a real challenge. And the energy and enthusiasm, season ticket holders of, you know, we'll, that place rocks. It's great. You know, the, you know how vertical Audi Field is. And I move around sometimes when I'm at the stadium and to see it from different locations and vantage points. Um, but it's an awesome environment, you know, and there's certainly other great environments in Major League Soccer. Um, and so, you know, I believe that that gives us a real advantage. It gives us a sense of excitement and community, um, and it was missed this year. Um, and certainly, you know, what happens is you're sitting at home and watching the games on TV, and you're, you know, you don't forget the fans aren't there, um, but you sort of get lost in the game. Um, and one of the things that Ben really brought home to me yesterday is how different it is for the players uh, and the coaches not having the fans there um, and the, and sort of the, the uplifting nature and, and that, that goes on with having our fans in the building. So uh, certainly it's going to be a big difference uh, getting our fans back and um, and doing it at Audi Field, a place where they're right on top of the action. Yeah, I know I, I speak on behalf of all of us. I, I can't wait to lose my voice and be covered in beer again because it's just it's been far too long. Jason, thank you so much for your time tonight. I, I want to just end with one final question for you. You know, we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, talk so much about you know, various aspects of the club, everything from on the field to off the field. And was hoping you could just share, what do you hope DC United looks like going forward? You know, not just in 2021, but for, for years to come, you know, what is your vision for the black and red? That's a great question. First thing I want to say to you is that I want to apologize Wayne, um, because I, I want to do better. We all want to do better, but you know, it keeps me up at night. Um, that we didn't perform better, that we had so many injuries, that we went through the challenges we went through. And, you know, we almost pulled it out. We almost pulled out at least making the playoffs. We had 15 minutes to go against Montreal. And then, you know, I was dreaming about, listen, this team, we, we were starting to gel. We had Paul Ariola back. Um, I thought maybe we could pull a rabbit out of the hat here. And, and, you know, it just wasn't meant to be in those yeah. last 15 minutes. 15 minutes to go, we were in the playoffs, um, and I liked our chances. Um, and it didn't happen. And I, but But that, you know, that pulling a rabbit out of our hat is not what we want to be doing. Um, we, you know, when I think about the vision for the club, it's about sustained success. It's about, um, you know, use our best practices on the pitch. It's about, um, you know, we think we've got the best location for a stadium in all of major league soccer right downtown in buzzard point in an area that's growing and getting even more exciting and using that to our advantage, making it an awesome atmosphere that just drives excitement on game days, as I mentioned, also not on game days. Um, 
But on the pitch, it's about performing. It's performing at a high level. It's, you know, having a, a belief every time we play that we have a really good chance to win uh, because uh, our players know that's ultra what we're doing. Um, and so we've got to get back to that. I mean, that was something certainly in the early days that DC United had. The league is in a vastly different place now. It's much more challenging. There are more teams in the league. There are more players from all over the world in the league. Um, the talent level is higher. Um, but my vision for DC United is that we are at the forefront of the growth of soccer in America, that the district with our catchment area of players um, that, that love the sport, we've got half a million kids playing youth soccer in our, in the DMV and, you know, helping to ignite even more excitement in that group um, is important and, and winning. And you know what winning does? It creates memories. You know, I, I go to games at Audi field and some of the most rewarding moments I'm looking at a father, son, and a daughter experiencing the action together. Um, one of Rooney's crazy goals, uh, that play against Orlando when he made that tackle and found Lucho for, and looking around the stands and, and, and thinking about the memories that have been created for, for children's and parents' lifetimes. And, and so I want more of those moments. I want a lot more of those moments because those are the ones that, in, you know, bring us all together and, they're the ones I think about when I want, I want to feel happy. Um, and so uh, that's, those are the kind of things, that's the kind of vision for the club is, is having the right infrastructure, having the right leadership, um, and, and having the right inclusive atmosphere, you know, being on the forefront of bringing people together. Um, you know, D.C. is in a, in a crazy time right now in the district um, and, and standing for something, standing for, for, for excellence, uh, but standing for inclusiveness. Um, and, and that, that when I talk about inclusiveness, I talk about based on race and gender and sexual orientation and, you know, all the things that, that make our community special, um, and, uh, welcoming. And so that, that, that really is what it's all about and, and leaving, uh, you know, a legacy that, that, uh, our fans remember, our community remembers, uh, about winning and winning together. No, that's. That's so well said, and, and we're so excited to be a part of it. And we look forward to hopefully running into you at Audi Field uh, sometime this year. Hopefully we're all back in there as, as one big happy family. We're all going to have a beer together. I, I, I can't wait. I cannot well, we'll wait. We'll do that now, Jason. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> Dude, I, I am in, and, and, you know, I can't tell you, you know, I guess I underestimated how much I missed that atmosphere. Um, you know, it's like, you know, you get so caught up in the wins and losses and the week-to-week -week stuff, and it's all great and exciting, but, but not – here it's been like you know it's, it's been it's been a, it's been a challenge for me personally and i can't wait to be back at how do you feel with all our friends and, and our community uh, we're looking forward to it too, too thanks again so much for for joining us tonight and and for your continuing support of of dc scores uh as as we'll send it now to uh, a, a poetry reading uh from tyrese with dc scores thank you guys for doing bang, this thanks thanks bang, so much bang. thanks jason one scatter hide lock your door <laughs> duck down the side no plan around. It's not a game. You don't want to be found. There were shots heard. Where are we? At my school. Bullets in the classroom. Locked inside, no place to go. Screaming and crying down the hall. Teachers and students hiding behind a wall. Violence, violence, violence. We need to get away from violence. We need to save Haven away from home. A place that we can call our own. If violence is at my school and at my home, where's a safe place that I can call my own?
a place where peace is at its core and violence doesn't exist anymore. All right, so as John said, um, that was Tyrese doing his poetry reading. And America Scores, kind of the umbrella organization from DC Scores, actually has a documentary coming out um, on January 14th. Um, and that will be, you can see that at ourwordourcities.com. We'll definitely tweet out this information for you all. Um, and Tyrese is actually going to be a part of that um, as well. He's hosting it. Um, so again, that's January 14th at 8 p.m. Um, so hopefully you're you know, really energized. We're definitely going to get into um, kind of our key takeaways from Jason. Let us know what you guys thought in the comments. Um, but before we do that, we're going to hear from Donovan Pines about uh, his auction item that is available. Hey guys, Donovan Pines here, member of DC United. Just want to say the offseason is going really well, and I can't wait to get back to Audi Field and see all the fans again and seeing you guys. And I hope everyone enjoys my jersey. Thank you. See you guys soon. Man, that's a nice jersey. I, I, I love Donovan Pines. I think the upside, you, you probably could be wearing that jersey for, for a long time in Audi Field. Yeah, and uh, like we said, so many awesome and exciting, uh, I keep wanting to say prizes, but items to bid on <laughs> and, and with money going to such a great cause, you know, what DC scores is, it does is so important and unprompted, something that, that Jason talked quite a bit about, uh, you know, at the beginning and at the end of the interview about the importance of community, the importance of inclusion, the importance of making memories and uh that i'm just i'm, I'm a little bit I, i'm trying to compose myself what i want to talk about because we covered so much <laughs> around and that was just it, to me that was a really fascinating interview with jason yeah i completely agree we talked at, um kind of offline right before we went live about how you know there's so many things we would have loved to dig so much deeper on with him um but we really kind of had to remain surface level um i mean we well exceeded i think we doubled the amount of time that we told him we were going to have him on for um and he well, was and what's funny about that Sam, just you know what was weird with our crazy logistics in, in a covid world sam and joshua are kind of sequestered <laughs> running all the the av for us and thank you guys for, for that <laughs> tonight and, and for all of our shows but Black and I had a chance to talk to Jason a little bit at the beginning, and the poor guy was driving home, and he was like, "What?" Yep. He's like, "Do you want me to pull over? Like, I can just put the video on there." And we we're like, "Whatever works for you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, he was so gracious to again, yeah, take you know the opportunity to talk to or to give us the opportunity to talk to him really while he was driving home, yeah. um, and then. Yeah, to just hit on so many topics, you know, he he bounced from one to another, obviously, you know, he knows the team, one would hope so, but um, he, he gave us a, a lot of the depth that we couldn't specifically ask for, right? He he just really went into a lot of those questions, um, and yeah, I mean, where do you guys want to start? <laughs> well, and, and to your point, Sam, you know, I think you saw what you were kind of the here in my as far as somebody who is clearly engaged and interested in what's going on. It's not just a, oh, yes, I happen to have an ownership stake in, in this team and uh, we had a tough year this year. Like, he is intimately familiar with every number of details on what's going on with this operation. I think that should be encouraging for DC United fans uh, that you've got somebody who's really paying attention. And, you know, as he said at the end, where the team is right now, it was not acceptable for 2020. And they're looking to, to build forward. And, Hopefully, a lot of those ideas and that passion that you saw from him will uh, turn into results for us here in the near future. Yeah, I yeah, that's such a good point. Um, 
And I, I think a lot of fans speculate a lot about that Jason kind of bought the team, wanted to build the stadium, and then flip for a profit. Um, I've, I've definitely seen that rumor go around. But talking that to him, the sense I got tonight, right? he had such a long-term vision for this team that he genuinely seemed so excited for. For this team, for Loudoun, you know, and the ways that they're incorporating the spirit and the rugby team into what, you know, this the facilities are going to be able to offer. Like, he really seemed bought all in. That and then also kind of, building that relationship with Swansea, right? And kind of being that connector, but also really learning from them and using their wealth of knowledge and, you know, potentially like their players to help bolster DC United, right? Or like their facilities to help bolster the players we already have. Like it didn't feel to me like he was going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. No, I, it didn't. Oh, go ahead, Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm just trying not to, you know, it, it was a great, what an opportunity to talk to the owner and trying not to be starstruck by, you know, just, <laughs> the conversation that we had, but he, he was a competitor and he felt passionate. If, if you took away the label, if, if there was no audio and we didn't tell people and they didn't recognize his voice, you would have thought it was just any other fan who, who just loved being in the stands and, and loved his team, like loved when the players succeeded. And, and like he, his knowledge of teams that were doing well in the league and what he wanted the DC United to become like, I, I completely bought in now. And, and I, I can see that he wants good for this team, which is, which is so reassuring. I think he deserves a lot of credit and credit that I was not willing to give last season on this show for having that vision, you know, and I, I think that was one of the things that we struggled to see last year and we struggled to see it a little bit with, you know, not having a coach yet. And, and he kind of owned that too of like, you know, I, I think we all had hoped we had somebody in, but it was fascinating to me just to hear how in depth they're going with that, how many different, you know, voices they have, which, sometimes can be noise, uh, you know, and, but, but coach Olson obviously is a big part of that as well. And yeah, I, I, I think when you take a step back and you think about what this could be with Segra training facility, a fully functioning second tier team, they've gotten rid of pay to play. So you've got the Academy and then you potentially build a pipeline to, to go over to Swansea and back for some of these players to get continued experience that's a model I can buy in on, you know, and, and I, I think it's going to take more time. I, I, I don't think we're going to see, you know, fruits of all of that this season. Um, but if you, if you step back and think about it and then, and then you add in the spirit and you add in Sam, like you said, old, old glory, the, the rugby team too, for just other partners in the area, other revenue streams, this could be really exciting. And it was cool to hear that, you know, not just from, you know, the four of us talking about, you know, what we want to see, but, but from the guy that can make it happen. Yeah, you, I think, sent, um, obviously, we had, like, you know, our show notes, um, and we were, we were kind of popping in. Um, we were trying to pop in as many, you know, questions as possible that you all were sending in. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we hit on a lot of it. But you, you kind of made a joke, like, it's like he was listening to us at the tail end of the season, right? I feel like that's, like, the vision that we've had for this team. You know, we've had such this, like, grandiose long-term vision. And it, hearing him speak, it feels like we're – truly just in the growing pains of that right like all those things are not going to happen overnight they do take a lot of money and they do take a lot of time to really get set um and it it felt a little bit directionless like you said um and I think I mean obviously we're not all cc'd on his master plan emails right so like in the moment it can feel difficult still working on that right (laughs) (laughs) um but I think in the moment you know we're not going to see that come to fruition right now. And it feels very frustrating. And, you know, we don't have access to that master plan, but, you know, we just got a little glimpse of it. And like you said, I think it, 
it is trending in the right direction. And, you know, DC United can potentially be one of those powerhouses of MLS. You know, for the last several years, it feels like we've just been like, okay, let's just make the playoffs. Let's just make the playoffs. And man, it broke my heart all over again when he was talking about how we were just 15 minutes away. Um, but it, it seems like that's not the goal for long, right? He really wants to be one of those teams, um, you know, like Toronto, like Seattle, who are competing every single year for the MLS Cup. Like that's where he sees this team being um in like the relatively near future right like once all these pieces come into play um as they are starting to it feels like that's what we're growing towards yeah and you know there's no getting away from the fact that we're all fans of this team and it's hard to be a fan of a team and go into a year and not be hopeful uh, and but to have that echoed in the owner is certainly encouraging i think for me two big takeaways um one talking about the new uh, president of Business Operations, Vivian Johnson, uh, they started looking to fill that role back in June. You know, we talked about this as a role that's been empty for a couple of years, but they were starting to try to fill this role before the team even got back on the field after uh, the coronavirus hiatus. So it's clear that that is a priority for them moving forward. And the other, of course, is the coaching search. Uh, you know, We didn't get a whole lot of details about when we're expecting a new coach, uh, you know, we've seen the reporting on it. Uh, you've heard him say that they've talked to 25 to 30 candidates. But for me, the most encouraging thing was that you heard him talk about the need to identify what this team wants to do on the field, uh, what kind of playing style they want to do, what kind of what they want to be as, as a team, and to get a coach that reflects that. I think all of us would like to have that coach as soon as possible, uh, but it does seem like they have the right idea on it rather than just saying we're going to grab the first person that we can find. Yeah, you know, something that strikes me about the Danita Johnson hire um, is if they started working on that in June, what else was happening in June? The Black Lives Matter protests, right? Um, And we heard from a lot of players, um, kind of both in in press conferences and the pregame press conferences that we tweet out for you guys, we heard that there were some really positive conversations happening behind the scenes and that the players felt like, you know, it was a really productive place to be at the moment. Um, a lot of the players of color were talking about how they really felt heard um, and they felt like they were, you know, starting to build this safe space within D.C. United. And a lot of what they were talking about was that D.C. United were really bought into making changes, right, and acknowledging where they'd potentially fallen short in kind of acknowledging those community members and in, you know, making it a really inclusive environment. Um, And we we haven't really seen that yet as fans, right? Like, obviously, the players were really positive about it. And we were like, okay, that's that's probably promising. Like, we we have some very outspoken players who wouldn't have said that if they didn't believe it, right? So I, I wonder if this Danita Johnson hire is part of that, right? Because part of what she brings to the table is her community engagement, um, so I wonder if that was kind of a way that they saw to answer those questions. And then obviously, once she really does hit the ground running and start working, we're going to see a lot of what she is able to bring to the table and how um, she is going to answer, start answering some of the questions about what's been lacking in the past. Yeah, that, that's a really good point, timing-wise, Sam. I had not thought about that. And, I, you know, I, I think just one of the things that struck me probably the most at the end of the conversation with Jason there is – you know, long, long-time listeners of the show know how bought in I am on my teams and how passionate I am on them and, and, and how much I want them to reflect, you know, the, the values that I hold, you know. And to hear Jason talk about 
inclusivity and diversity and community engagement and and the idea of just making memories and and you know looking at you know young families in the stands with young kids and 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 knowing when a special moment happens that that's something that that they're going to have together and and remember forever that's not something i necessarily expected to hear tonight but i really was glad that i did because you know i think you know, becoming more and more of a, of a European soccer fan, and I learned how much clubs are part of the community. And I think that that's something truly that's always been the case with DC United. And it seems to be true, uh, you know, under this, this ownership group as well. That's something that matters to them. And that's something that they continue to kind of keep at the forefront of everything that they do based on what we heard tonight. Yeah. Something else that stuck out to me um, was like how knowledgeable he is about the, the players um, that he was able to, you know, just just bring players up. And the one thing that kind of stuck out to me was that he talked about Kevin Prades's assist. Right. He wasn't talking about the goal that happened. He was like the build up and the assist and like the way that Kevin grew in that moment. Like that to me is like, OK, you kind of actually pay attention. I feel like anyone else would kind of talk about the big goals. Right. It's easy to talk about Paul coming back. It's easy to throw back to you know, the Wayne Rooney, Lucio Acosta goal against Orlando and know that you're going to have fans in your corner. But the fact that he kind of like picked out the piece of that play that, you know, wasn't like maybe the main highlight or like the main headline, but that he also saw that build up and really appreciated that moment. I'm like, all right, like you, you do care, right? <laughs> Joshua, what did you think? Anything else kind of stick out to you? I I, I just... I, I have a lot of respect for Jason. Group. <laughs> no, I, Jason has it. has always been above board. I, you know, I can't think of any other team's owner that I've seen in the club shop before. And I, I've seen Jason in the club shop with a humongous bag of jerseys. To like, probably... I remember that. That's when you bought. That's when you bought the Gressel shirt. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and then this was I, preseason too. This wasn't out of game. Yeah, this no. Was, yeah. And then, and then I, I saw him when he invited uh, some of the supporters group members to come paint. Uh, I can't breathe on the field. And he was talking. He was Which talking, was his idea. Yeah, Sorry to cut his, you off. His idea, was... and he was talking to COA about about you know that topic, which is which is incredibly powerful. Uh, I, you would, I, I'm enthused. I, I want to see more of it, and, and and hopefully it continues, and hopefully he finds the success that he he like portrays that he was going for, and portrays that he deserves off of based off of our talk. Yeah. I will certainly relish in it. I see <laughs> it. I see Jason. <laughs> At the helm, all the community, Kevin Pareda is bringing us that, <laughs> that MLS Cup. We've heard it from two people on our show now. We've been doing this show for a year, actually exactly a year. Um, a memory on my phone popped up that yesterday was the very first day we broke out all this equipment and we did kind of a mock episode um, on a Leicester game, actually. Wow. That was a year ago yesterday, yep. So, But just in this one year of podcasting, we've heard from a, a young, you know, budding star on the team as well as the owner that MLS cups are coming so yeah, pre, i'm convinced pre-assist kevin paredes <laughs> yeah that was, that was when kevin's biggest claim to fame was kicking all our butts in fifa yeah. yep <laughs> look at him now yeah right? that was before but he we'll showed up remember in the field. that when when kevin's looking for a big contract and and you know jason can pay him we'll have to remind them both they promised us a cup can't win that if he leaves right so. right don't worry we'll have those audio clips for when it happens <laughs> that's right so just a reminder, guys, that one of the big reasons why we're here tonight, obviously, is to raise money for DC Scores. And uh, we've got one additional uh, kind of guest appearance from DC United's captain, Stephen Birnbaum, uh, to kind of shout out one of the items that, that he's got up for bid. 
Hey guys, it's Steven Birnbaum from DC United. Hope everyone's staying healthy and safe uh, during this crazy time. Um, just been rehabbing, getting fit, and uh, gearing up for the season. Um, we're excited to have everyone back at Audi Field once uh, it's safe to do so. And uh, we miss you guys. And uh, I'm ready to answer any questions you guys have for me and do this Q&A. I'm excited to hear from y'all and, and uh, hope to hear from you soon. Okay, talk soon. Bye. And just a and just a reminder, guys, the the URL for that is sedcs.givesmart.com, and we'll continue to kind of tweak that out later on tonight and tomorrow. I think the auction actually closes sometime tomorrow or Monday, yeah. if I recall correctly. Uh, I just got to make sure I got enough time to get in there. Uh, but that's <laughs> sedcs.givesmart.com to check out all the items uh, up for bid. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and that's really cool. You know, he meant, he mentioned the Q&A that that is his bid item is to kind of sponsor a drop in um, on a DC scores team. Um, and you could, um, if you win that bid, be a part of that conversation um, and kind of drop in and ask your own questions. And the kids will ask questions of Steve, which is, again, really great of the team um, to kind of give such access to players um, that these kids have. Right. What an inspiration to be talking to one of the professionals in the sport that you're learning. Um, that's super great. So if there are, at, go ahead. Yeah, I'm looking at the bid items right now. Um, there are several, still several bid items that are are, are low and, and are certainly opportunities there for uh, to get some bids. So definitely check out that website. Uh, if you are so inclined. Uh, oh man, and I, I gotta shout one here. Now you got me clicking on it. I'm gonna end up <laughs> Look, you can play uh, Muhammad in in FIFA. Then that's DC United's EMLS player. And I'll tell you, my man went seven and one to kick off the EMLS season. I, I was I was texting Joshua the other day. We're throwing a parade if we win the EMLS Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's just the four of us, six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. So it's. I mean, you're about to just listen to like what we're all about to bid on right now live. It sounds like we're we're almost there. Yeah. I, th I think it's open up for another day. Um, but like Tony mentioned in his video, they're uh, still really working to um, work with kids during COVID. Obviously, you know their um, their need for DC scores hasn't diminished with a pandemic. Um, and you know they've done really great things. They've kind of sent. Um, equipment over I actually helped them kind of stuff bags um over the summer so they sent like cones and soccer balls and a little um like outline of the soccer they should be doing every day and you know a DC scores mask and then they also sent like a notebook and I think there were like some writing prompts or something like that so again you're kind of hitting both that soccer and poetry um and I'm actually really looking forward to the um America scores documentary cuz the I mean these kids again just blow me away with their poetry every time I listen to it so yeah and you know Sam one of the things we were about to hit on before Jason joined us was our fourth new year's resolution as a show do you want to go back and talk a little bit about uh sort of the community engagement way forward which I assume Jason hit on at least a little <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, now that I'm not like afraid of being cut off at every single moment and trying to make what I say very brief, happy to Hey, 2021, Sam's still getting cut off by going to press conferences. They're going to be on Shocking. <laughs> good to good to know some things remain consistent, right? Um so obviously we've talked at length about DC scores. Um they're uh, obviously an important part of today's show. Um but there are definitely other things that DC United's kind of doing within the community. Um what I started to quote from their website uh, before we got on with Jason, was that DC United are committed to making a positive and measurable impact in the lives of children and families in the DMV region 
Our primary focus is to support programs and initiatives focused on wealth and health and wellness, inclusion, and community improvement. Um, so those kind of three things really stuck out to me, and I think that um, you know we've seen them come to fruition, and then we've also seen where there's, I'll say, opportunity to do better. Um, so the, the health and wellness piece, I'm sure you all kind of saw um, the, the at-home workout videos that they were putting out um, in COVID, um, kind of right in the summer, you know, they had Ben and his kids like running around their backyard. Um, I think Stephen Birnbaum did one. I think his, his daughter might have made a cameo or maybe he like posted a picture about it afterwards where she did. Um, but obviously that's kind of like their health aspect. They're really trying to um, reach out and they were trying to give people, you know, a, a safe way to um, work out during COVID. Um, also during COVID, you saw the Unite the District, um, which was, from my understanding, really an idea that came from the first team. Um, they partnered with Martha's Table to raise money and provide meals for um, families in need with a specific focus on Ward 7 and 8. Because um, I think on their website, they said that there's one kind of grocery store available between those two wards, which, you know, is, is getting into a lot of the inequality on um, the DC United is, you know, with that movement was trying to, to help combat. Um, and with Unite the District, they also did a ticket donation option for first responders. Um, you know, at that point, we didn't really know if we were going to get back in um, at the season. And I'm sure for those, you know, that did decide to donate tickets, that's kind of being shifted over to whenever it is safe to get back in the stadium. Um, and then I actually didn't know about this, but they also have a partnership with PG County Library System, um, and they kind of bring English and Spanish content. They do, again, workout videos with the kids. They do um, Ask Me Anythings with players, and then they have like a biweekly story time. Um, so you, again, kind of see that theme of, um, you know, really coming together and bringing, you know, the health and wellness aspect, um, but also just that um, connection with the players um, and then a lot of literacy going um with what they're already doing but obviously there are there are many ways that they can um improve we've already talked a little bit um about the black lives matter movement and how they've already started to address some of those things um about how you know they haven't listed out here are their five key things that they're going to be doing um but we potentially are are starting to see some of those um and obviously you know the league as a whole um, is working really closely with Black Players for Change, which Bill Hamid is um, a huge part of. So looking forward to kind of seeing what changes they are able to bring about. Um, and then when you talk about the community piece, obviously also kind of around Buzzard Point, um, you know, as the stadium was first being built, obviously that was a great disruption to the community, um, building a, a huge structure like that. Um, and there were also, you know, some health things about the just the debris um, and everything that was kind of being um, kicked up during that, during that, you know, building period. But, you know, DC United did reach out as someone in the community. Um, I helped participate in a tree planting in that area. Um, and obviously, you know, again, it's a larger issue, but like, you know, green spaces um, in cities are really lacking. Um, and they kind of, you know, came together. I think DC Scores was there too. Um, uh, it might have been the ECC. I don't remember exactly who was there, but there were definitely people who were like very knowledgeable about how to plant trees who were there. And then um, some kids actually ran up and like helped us plant one of the trees. It was really cute. Um, and then obviously kind of youth development, you see that really come to fruition on the field, but that also off the field, you know, is providing an, out an outlet for kids, um, especially now, John, as you mentioned, that pay to play um, is kind of going away and we're seeing a restructuring of 
you know, youth soccer kind of throughout the country. Um, that's giving kids an opportunity to find a positive outlook um, and obviously also kind of giving them role models um, and giving them kind of think things to put their energy towards. Um, so that's kind of like a, a large overview. Obviously, I'm like missing out on a lot of things, right? He talked about, um, Jason talked about accessibility um, and kind of seeing that play throughout the stadium. You know, how are we being more accessible um, for people who aren't maybe able-bodied or, you know, have some type of disability that um, they need help with? You know, there are a lot of things that are lacking, right? Any organization, nobody does it perfectly. Um, and I think, as I mentioned, we're kind of starting to see some of those changes. Um, there are definitely areas where we can still see those changes. Um, did I leave anything out? What do you all also kind of hope to see this year moving forward with the team? Uh, I think you covered it very well. You know, obviously, this is a club that's a lot more than just the product you see on the field. I think that's one of the things that we like to see about the club is some is being engaged in the community. You know, that was part of building how you feel was making sure that they appropriately address the the impact that they were going to have on the, the area and to be a force for good and what they're doing. Um, so obviously, we're excited to see the stuff. There's always room to grow and room to do more. But as we saw from our interview with Jason, uh, it's a, a high priority out of the team. So look forward to seeing more in the future. Yeah, for me, I mean, I think you, I'm just so proud of, of so many of the off the field things that this club does. And, and yeah, I think that's as I'm learning, one of the reasons why in, in soccer, we call them clubs as opposed to teams, right? Because it's more than just what's on the field. And, and 2020 sucked. And, and Jason apologized for that earlier, right? There's, there's no sugarcoating it. It wasn't, it wasn't what we expected on, on the field, but you know, we're fortunate that, that they are much more than just, just the on the field stuff. And, and there's, there's positives all around this club. And I, I think I'm feeling, you know, much better tonight than I was a couple of weeks ago about, you know, just, just the foundation that this club has built in the community and, and kind of where they're headed as an organization. And, you know, now it's, it's time to buckle down and, and get the results. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you know, John, you, I saw that you kind of had your three words for this one. Um, so I decided to just pick one word for mine. Um, and that was basically just going to be impact, right? Like you have to have an impact with what you're doing. You can kind of talk about making changes or you can kind of brainstorm and have some ideas but if you're not making real change in the community and having a real impact then you're not frankly doing your job um and I, I'm hopeful that we will see some positive changes um and I've, I've definitely said this in prior shows but I mean hold the team accountable right if you have ideas about how things can change um you know reach out reach out to your ticket rep reach out to you know some of the supporters groups they obviously communicate with the team um, and they can kind of help get things going if you have some ideas um, but definitely make sure that we start seeing um, this impact come to fruition yeah and uh, you know just, just to kind of wrap things up here as we I think this is officially going to be our longest show ever uh, <laughs> but I want to thank um, everyone for, for joining us tonight um, you know a number of Screaming Eagles are, were out there listening as well as the, the broader DC United community and hopefully we got some new listeners if you, if you enjoyed what, what you heard tonight um, you can hear from the four of us perhaps a little less sober than we were tonight after DC United <laughs> games throughout the season as we kind of recap things. That's our bread and butter is, is the post-game um, atmosphere. But just a and couple that's... of quick things that I, I got to mention today. Um, if you're still hanging out with us, you, you must not be in too much of a hurry to leave. Um, the <laughs> FA Cup is going on in England right now. And I just, I got to shout out Chorley. I, I don't know if you guys saw this. They're, they're yeah. uh, in the sixth tier, which basically means everybody's got another job to 
pay bills and they do soccer on the other side. They're in the National League North, I believe. Um, they knocked off Darby County today. Wayne Rooney list and actually the entire first team was pretty much missing due to due to COVID concerns. But it, it, it just it made me think just straight Ted Lasso because they have this <laughs> tradition after the game when they when they do these big wins. It's in the locker room. The whole team is singing Someone Like You by Adele. And it's just, it's wild, and it's everything I love about the game and everything I miss about the game. Check it out. I'll, I'll tweet it out from the, the, the team account. Um, and, of course, looking through the, the FA Cup, Wolves and Leicester are through. So, Joshua, we're, we're into the hat for the next round. <laughs> Leeds got to wake up. Is it early game tomorrow, Sam? Or no, midday? I want to say it's a midday, which ah, is good, good for me. <laughs> I saw the score and I was like, wow, that's 2-0 after extra time. And I looked and I was like, oh, no. Yeah, and that's a, it's a brilliant transition because – Matthew, is it Hop or Hope or Hoppy? I, I, I think we're we're going to learn the guy's name. I think it's Hop, but, um, but he is the American Hope now. So <laughs> He is, right? We're going to change oh, it. Oh, man. What a day for Schalke today. He scored his first goal in the Bundesliga and then followed it up with his second and third goal for his first career hat trick. And I think that was Schalke's first win since Joshua started following Schalke when the Bundesliga came back. Um, but it's just so exciting for him and continue to see young Americans flourish in, in the Bundesliga. The future's bright for the for the men's national team as, as well. Um, and I don't know. It, yeah, that's right. We didn't get to talk about this on the air. This was so when when the DC Scores video was playing, we were kind of prepping Jason for, for how the interview was going to go. And I'll tell you, his mind is on a super draft. He was naming some players from uh, from Syracuse and from Pitt. That you know, got some eyes on potentially in the in the super draft. Wow. So he's he's definitely in, in super draft mode, and that's January twenty first uh, at two p.m. Because of course it is no longer in Baltimore. <laughs> I think it's it's virtual now. Uh, I mean, definitely this year it's virtual. But I think uh, we don't all get to go get drunk in Baltimore anymore, which is sad. <laughs> I just want to. I mean, we can anyway. <laughs> There's nothing. Well, COVID is stopping yeah. us, but after COVID, <laughs> we go into a parking lot. Like, <laughs> Um, the next thing on the list I added, um, and I just wanted to give John and his girlfriend, Abby, a congratulations on um, purchasing a home in Virginia. Um, they, they did a little while ago, but I think, you know, in the last show, it, it wasn't very public yet. So, yeah, I just wanted to, to give you a, a shout and a congratulations for that very big adult step you guys took. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Uh, it will not impact my ability to hang out with you guys on the podcast. I promise. <laughs> but, uh, we, we expect at least a mini pitch in the yard to start developing talent for DC United. <laughs> yeah, we round up the neighborhood kids. Exactly. <laughs> so, creepy dude walking around I'm trying to play soccer with little kids. They'll go great. <laughs> uh, we'll shout out our friends, of course, at Across the Pond. Um, they helped promote the show again uh, today. I know that they're still open. They've got the parklet in the back. Uh, trying to do some some limited outdoor dining and but of course they've still got the the to go uh and takeaway options tomorrow's another big day in the nfl so lots of lots of playoff games so please support them we we appreciate everything that that they do for us and They're is a great it a place to watch soccer is it west ham that they which supporters group yeah goes yeah, there hammers, yeah and i think that they've been kind of going during covid um because they've, they've got a a pretty good socially distanced um, space in the back. Um, they've got all these separate tables and obviously a huge, 
TV. So, um, yeah, I've seen pictures. They're, they're still going. So if you're a West Ham fan in D.C., you're looking for a place to go <laughs> watch games. Definitely check them out. Yeah, what else did we miss, guys? A- anything else before we, we call, it, call it quits? I don't well, think so. Probably uh, a few weeks. Uh, hopefully after we get a new coach. This isn't the last you'll hear from us between now and the start of the season. But I hope you all enjoy the show tonight. You definitely hit that uh, donation link. Uh, You know, this is a different show, but we're happy to support DC scores and hope you all will too. Yep, I'm looking forward to getting back um, to to our semi-regular after every single DC United game schedule. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And hey, if you're new tonight, if you liked what you heard, um, please tell a friend tell a friend to listen to this episode because i think the interview with jason was was really insightful um there, there's just so much to i'll probably listen to it again because we talked about it so much um but also subscribe share anything you can do to help promote us uh, and we look forward to hopefully seeing you in person at some time this year uh at, at, at audi field so for joshua sam and michael i'm john lee thanks for hanging out with us tonight vamos united and we'll chat real soon 